Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's February 25th, 2019, and that means there's 10 months left until Christmas. Today on the show, pucker up, baby, because we're going to learn all about the romantic Christmas tradition of mistletoe. We'll count down the five best places to hide a Christmas present, find out where you can watch Christmas movies all year, hear a heartwarming story about Christmas in February, and we'll have our first showdown of Christmas foods in our Road to the Christmas Bowl. Okay, let's start the show. fellow Yule Fools, it is I, Tim Babb, welcoming you back to the Christmas cave. Come on in, get out of this cold weather. We've had quite a cold snap here in the U.S., and so we've had quite a cold snap here in the U.S., and what better way to warm your soul than with the magic of the holiday season? Uh, laying it on pretty thick and pretty early, aren't you? Look, imaginary listener, that sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. I'm cold, and projecting warm imagery in my head makes me slightly less cold. You're in California. If someone from Minnesota was here, they'd be wearing shorts right now. Well, I was born and raised in California, and this is plenty cold to me. I just want to hunker down under a thick blanket and watch a Christmas movie. Which leads us to our first segment. We need a little Christmas now. We need a So most of you probably know this already because it was announced back in January, right after our January episode dropped. But the Hallmark Channel is celebrating 10 years of their Countdown to Christmas event this year. Part of that celebration is that every Friday they'll be playing a Christmas movie. That's right, all year! You can get your Hallmark movie fix on every Friday night. My wife and I watched The Nine Lives of Christmas the other week, a favorite of ours. It stars a pair of super actors, Brandon Routh from Superman Returns and Kimberly Susted from Super Buddies. I know, she's got more credits than that, but I wanted to make that double super thing work. Anyway, if you're listening to this the week it drops, tune in Friday for A Shoe Addict's Christmas, starring Fuller House's Candace Cameron Burke. And check your local listings for future Friday night Hallmark Christmas goodness all year long. And now, it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. So, as much as we like to try and push the commercial nature of Christmas to the background and focus on the true meaning of the day, presents are an inescapable part of Christmas. But when you're buying presents for people who live in the same house, it can be tricky to keep them a secret before the big day. Especially if you're buying presents for some shorter people who kind of look like you. Mm-hmm. So, to help you keep your parcels and packages private, I present five places to hide your presents. Number five. The attic. Now, I don't personally have an attic, but this is a great out-of-the-way place that most smaller kids are going to find way too creepy to go snooping around in. Now, of course, if you happen to be raising the Goonies, well, then you're out of luck. But otherwise, a deep, dark attic is foreboding, it's out of the way. The kids are probably not going to look up there for their presents. Number four. Your trunk. Another one that doesn't work for me personally because I have a minivan. But if you have a legit trunk in your car, it makes a nice lockbox that has the added bonus of going with you when you leave the house. 
It's not foolproof, though. When I was in probably fourth grade, my dad came to pick me up after school, and as I was heading out to the parking lot, I saw him close the trunk at a distance. When I finally got up to the car, I asked him if I could ride in the trunk. Oh, sorry. My dad occasionally let me ride in the trunk because I'm old enough that I lived in a lawless time where safety laws didn't exist. Anyway, so I asked to ride in the trunk, and my dad said no because he said he had something in the trunk and there was no room. But I really wanted to ride in the trunk. So when we got home, later on that day, he was taking a nap. I went out to the trunk and tried to move whatever was in there out of there. So when I popped the trunk and looked in, I saw the Nintendo Entertainment System, complete with the robot. Now, you would think that would have ruined the surprise for me, but as I recall, I wasn't sure it was for me. So a few days later, when I finally opened it, I was legitimately surprised that I got to have the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, in retrospect, it doesn't really make sense that I thought my dad was suddenly getting into video gaming for no reason. Number three. At your work. Since you're toiling away at your job five days a week, why not make your job work for you? Just leave the present at your desk. No way your kids will find it there. This one has definitely worked for me back in the day. In fact, it even worked well for getting a present for myself. See, I was spending a little too much on Christmas gear one year, but then I saw these light-up Mickey Mouse ears on sale at the Disneyland website. But I didn't want to go home and be like, hey, I'm buying more stuff for myself. <laughs> so instead of shipping them home, I shipped them to my day job at the time. Then I eventually just wore them home and no one was the wiser. Number two. In the Christmas decoration boxes. I thought of this one last year, and it's genius. Now, it does take some planning. You see, at some point, you're going to bring all these boxes out of wherever you're storing them, because you're going to hang up the lights, you're going to trim the tree, you're going to hang the stockings, all that good stuff. But now, you got a bunch of empty boxes that used to hold all of those ornaments, lights, or even a fake tree. So just slip the presents in those now-empty boxes, put them back in the garage, nobody's looking in there, and that was free space nobody was using. To time it best, you have to have the presents ready to hide the same night you decorate. No one's going to really notice that you're messing around with the Christmas boxes the night you decorate. But if you're fiddling with the Christmas boxes like a week and a half later, people might start to suspect something. Now let's move on to... Honorable Mentions! Your underwear drawer! Not only does this work on kids, it's pretty effective on husbands, too. We don't want to go rooting around in your unmentionables. I don't care if there's a Blu-ray copy of my new favorite movie, Happy Death Day. I'm not going in there. By the way, Happy Death Day to You is in theaters now. Please go see it, because I love this franchise, and I really want them to make a third one. What does Happy Death Day to You have to do with Christmas? Look, I'm allowed to have interests outside of Christmas, okay? But why are you talking about a horror movie? First of all, it's barely a horror movie. It's more like a horror sci-fi comedy thing. It's like Groundhog's Day meets Back to the Future 2 meets a horror movie. And second of all, it's only PG-13. We talked about Die Hard for a whole year, and that was rated R. That was way worse. Besides, this is a feel-good horror movie. Shouldn't you just get back to your honorable mentions? You're right. My other honorable mention is Under the Bed. Now, this is a kind of obvious one, and that's why it's just an honorable mention, but as long as you keep it a secret, they probably won't find it. Hey, Daddy, you know we listen to this podcast every month, don't you, Daddy? Don't! Now we know where to find all our presents. And that leads me to... Number one! It doesn't matter. Kids will find your hidden presents. No matter how clever you are, no matter how well hidden you think the gifts are, kids will always find them. They have more energy than you. Their moral code is not yet matured, and they are extremely motivated. You could find a way to hide the gifts in a parallel dimension, and those kids will find a way to access that dimension from an instructional video they found on YouTube or something. They are going to win this fight. It's hopeless. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only thing you can do is remind them that people who find their presents before Christmas don't get to play with their presents on Christmas. Uh-oh. We're nothing. Bye. And that's my list. Got any other Christmas hiding places that have worked for you and you'd like to share? Leave us a comment on Facebook or at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Now let's check in with the official Can't Wait for Christmas news desk because all I want for Christmas is news. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. This is a great story that comes from our good friend Brian Earl at Christmas Past. It turns out we're not the only ones celebrating Christmas in February. A neighborhood in San Diego found a great reason to extend Christmas. You see, 24-year-old Ryan Kane was struck ill a few weeks before Christmas. He was rushed to the hospital, and unfortunately, he slipped into a coma. He was actually in pretty bad shape. But after a lot of prayers and some great medical attention, on January 24th, he awoke from his coma. He turned to his mom and asked, Did I miss Christmas? His mother said, no, Christmas can happen anytime, and it's waiting for you at home. He was released on February 6th, and when he got back to his street, he found many of the neighbors had left their Christmas decorations up in his honor. There were cheering crowds welcoming him home. He came into the house to find the tree and the presents and banners that said, welcome home. Ryan said, I'm just so blessed to have Christmas still here. We can do it all year round, too. He's still recovering, but it's very good to hear that he's home and healing. When Brian Earl posted this story in the Christmas Past Facebook group, he said it would make a great Hallmark movie, and I wholeheartedly agree, especially if they kick the kid's family a little bit of that Hallmark money for the rights to their story. Call us Hallmark Channel. Brian and I have your next Christmas hit movie. Just cast Lori Laughlin as Ryan's mom, and you got yourself a winner. And now, a word from one of the other fine podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Greetings, holiday shoppers. I'm Joseph Wade, and I host a podcast called Christmas Creeps. My band of merry mischief makers and I dissect holiday movies and specials all year round in search of the true meaning of Christmas. So whether you can't resist the urge to watch Home Alone in June, or you worship at the altar of mutant killer snowmen, Christmas Creeps is the podcast for the Grinch in all of us. Check us out at christmascreeps.com or wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back. Now it's time for our feature segment. Since Valentine's Day was just a little over a week ago, I thought I'd keep that romance vibe going. Today, we're going to learn all about mistletoe. Oh, the mistletoe is hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you. Now, pardon my sort of salty language just a little bit here at the top, but there are a lot of people who think mistletoe is a crappy tradition. And guess what? They're literally right. You see, mistletoe basically translates to dung on a stick. And it's called that because that's how the plant spreads. You see, mistletoe has these berries that birds like to eat. And as one of my favorite children's books tells us, everybody poops. And the bird's poop contains the seeds of the plant, so wherever it lands, a new mistletoe will grow. It's actually a type of parasite, though, because it often grows directly out of trees. So while it still has leaves and performs photosynthesis, the roots go into the tree and steal the nutrients and water from the tree. As you imagine, this eventually kills the tree, so not cool, mistletoe. Not cool. Oh, and steer clear of those mistletoe berries. As Batman himself put it, Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Mm, But a kiss 
can be even deadlier if you mean it. Now, that's a little overstated. Mistletoe can definitely make you very sick, so you definitely shouldn't eat him, but it's not necessarily deadly. Although it is poisonous to cats, and he was talking to cat woman in that scene, so maybe he was right. But the question is, why is this toxic tree-killing poop plant associated with kissing at Christmas time? To be fair, no one is exactly sure, but my favorite two theories come from the Druids and Norse mythology. First, the Druids thought mistletoe had magical properties because it could survive through harsh winters. They thought it provided healthy crops, good fortune, even fertility. Which is a good lesson of what can happen when you don't use science. You think a parasite that grows out of bird turds will help you start a family. Anyway, they would use it as a kind of good luck charm. They would hang it as a decoration, especially during the winter. But what about the kissing? Well, legend has it, we apparently have to thank the son of Odin. Thor. Access denied. Uh, Thor, son of Odin. Access denied. God of Thunder. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Not you, Thor. One of your brothers, Baldur. You see, Baldur was the son of Odin and the goddess Frigg. He was the god of light, joy, purity, beauty, innocence, and reconciliation. So, not a bad resume. Everybody liked him. Until he started having dreams that something very awful was going to happen to him. These dreams concerned Odin enough for him to disguise himself and enter the underworld to investigate. Once there, he found that the underworld was preparing for Baldur's arrival. But the seers discovered Odin's identity before he could find out how Baldur would meet his tragic end. Odin returned to Asgard and shared his news with Frigg. She was desperate to save her son. So, she did what any concerned goddess parent would do. She went around to everything in the Nine Realms, and I mean everything, living things and non-living things alike, and she made them promise not to harm her son. I feel like that would have taken a long time, but somehow she got it done. And nothing, it seemed, could harm Baldur after that. Rocks and sticks just bounced off of him like he was Superman. The other gods made a game of it, constantly throwing things at Baldur just to watch them bounce away harmlessly. But then comes Loki. Before he was leading a Chitari attack against the Avengers, he was always looking to get up to some mischief in Asgard. And he saw an opportunity to make some serious mischief with Baldur's seeming invulnerability. He asked Frigg if she really managed to get promises from all the things not to hurt Baldur. And it turns out there was one thing. Out of all the things in her universe, she didn't bother getting an oath from one thing. Mistletoe. Now, I'm going to stop for a second, because, look, I get it. Asking every single thing in the universe to swear an oath not to harm your son is a lot of work. By the time you've asked a 2,537th species of insect, you're probably quite sick of it. But if you've managed to make it to everything in the entire cosmos except mistletoe, why not just take the extra time and finish the job? Come on, you're already going above and beyond. Just do the one last thing. It's like you ran a 50-mile ultramarathon and gave up one inch from the finish line. So now Loki knows Baldur's only weakness. So he fashions an arrow out of mistletoe and gives it to some unsuspecting god to throw at Baldur. As you would expect, this did not end well for Baldur. And Frigg was not happy about it either. Devastated at Baldur's death, she wept, and some of her tears landed on the arrow, creating the white mistletoe berries. She used the berries on Baldur's wounds, and he was brought back to life. Again, I'm gonna stop. What can be going through your mind when you see some berries and think... I'm going to shove these in an open wound and everything will be all better. What kind of doctoring is this? I don't know what medical plan is this is. I don't want it. If you see me with an open wound, get out of here with the berries. I mean, yes, it worked out well in Frigg's case. 
And in fact, she was overjoyed. In fact, she blessed the mistletoe, vowing to kiss anyone who passed underneath it. So fast forward a few hundred years, and fertility and good fortune continue to be associated with mistletoe. The practice of kissing the host's hand when passing under it becomes popular. Then it morphs into more general kisses when passing under the mistletoe. Then it becomes associated with Christmas, and that's where we are today. But, as I said at the start of this, in recent years, the tradition of mistletoe has started to lose favor. In light of things like the Me Too movement and a more evolved understanding of what consent is, the idea of foisting kisses on unwilling participants doesn't really hold the same magical allure it once did. I'd be surprised to see any office Christmas parties still using mistletoe. At this point, you'd just be trying to make more work for your HR department if you hang that stuff up in a workplace setting. And I... I can see this point of view, because sure, if I see Anne Hathaway under the mistletoe, I'm going to be stoked. But if Anna Hathaway sees me under the mistletoe, I've just ruined her Christmas. But I don't think a kiss under the mistletoe is supposed to be mandatory. Even in the old traditions, the only thing that would happen if someone refused a kiss is they were not likely to get married that year. So I'm pretty sure you're still allowed to say no. In fact, I'm reasonably sure Anne Hathaway would shut me down if I tried. And real talk, I wouldn't even sweat it. I would just be super stoked that I got invited to a party that Anne Hathaway was at. We get it! Your celebrity crush is Anne Hathaway! Oh good, so that wasn't too subtle? Oi. Okay, well, I personally say we keep the mistletoe. I think it's a fun thing to do if everybody's consenting, and it also makes a, a, a great trope in these romantic comedies, like in the Hallmark movie, The Nine Lives of Christmas. Do you want to know how he feels about you? Don't test the waters. Who's this? What is that? Mistletoe. That's not mistletoe. It's a metaphor. Go get some mistletoe. Put it in the house. If he stands underneath it, gives you a kiss on the cheek, then he just wants to be friends. But if he kisses you on the lips, then he really likes you. The only thing we have to make sure of is that both parties have to agree that it's a kistletoe. Otherwise, it's a mistletoe. Double oi. Nailed it. Anyway, what are your thoughts on mistletoe? Do you have any fun or funny stories of being caught under the mistletoe? Please share them with us by emailing in to christmas at tancast.com. And speaking of your feedback, it's time to use your responses to last month's show to help pick the best Christmas food. It's the road to the Christmas Bowl! Last time I asked you to write in with all your favorite Christmas foods so we could pit them against each other to determine what is the ultimate Christmas food. And you folks, you didn't disappoint. So today, we're going to have our first matchup. And since we don't follow the rules around here, we're starting with dessert. Let's meet tonight's tonight's competitors! competitors. First up, we have mincemeat pie, a fruit pie of British origin, made from a mixture of chopped dried fruit, distilled spirits, and spices, a.k.a. mincemeat. On the other side, we have fruit cake. This cake made of dried fruit is a staple around the holidays, but it is often mocked. However, this was one of the most suggested items in our nomination round. But mincemeat is also very popular, so it's anybody's game. But the winner won't be up to me, it's up to you. Who should go to the next round, mincemeat pie or fruit cake? The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on March 23rd. Then, we'll announce the winner on our March 25th show, and we'll see which one of these will continue on the road to the Christmas Bowl! 
And that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you're craving more audio Christmas goodness, you should know that the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the greatest Christmas podcasts around. You can find out more about all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. And don't forget to share your favorite Christmas present hiding places and mistletoe stories with us on our website, Facebook, Twitter, or directly via email. And be sure to vote for your favorite Christmas food and spread the word. The more people you can convince to vote for your favorite, the more likely they'll win. Okay, this California boy's got to get some hot cocoa and warm up, but I'll see you next time. And until then, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2019. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at christmaspod. Or you could always send us an email directly at christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. (laughs) You say, hey, Daddy, you know we listen to this podcast every month, right? Hey, Daddy, you know we listen to this podcast every month, don't you, Daddy? Nice. And then... James, you say, now we know where to find all our presents. Now we know where to find all our presents. Can we do that one more time? Now we know where all the, now we know where all we find all our presents. Good, good. One more time. Now we know where to find all our presents. Now we know where to find all our presents. And now I want you guys to laugh. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> All right, now James, you say uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, give it a beat after I say uh oh before you say uh oh. So say uh oh. Uh oh. Nope, nope. Let's try this one more time. I'll just point at you and then you say uh oh. Uh oh. Perfect. Then you say we heard nothing. Bye. We heard nothing. Bye. Committed to the bit. Michael actually ran away from the microphone. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Now can we hear it? Uh, sure. Which leads us to our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas. Now, I, I did it again. We need a little, little, all one word. I didn't learn my lesson from last month. It stars a pair of super actors, Brandon Routh from Superman Returns and, Kim- and Kimberly Suttered from... Sustard, Sustad, Sustad, Sustad. Oh no, Kimberly, about to kill your name. That's too bad, because she killed it in the Nine Lives of Christmas. She did such a good performance. She was such a good, awkward, quirky. Uh, those are 
kind of annoying buzzwords. I don't know. I, I, I don't know a better way to describe her, but she was really good in that movie. Likeable, charming, charismatic. All those things are true. Anyway, I'm going to get back to trying to say her last name right. Sussard? Sussada. Sustad. 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 Sustad are doing it for themselves. So, to help you keep your parcels and packages private, I present five places to hide presents to hide your presents. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Five places to hide presents to hide your presents. I feel like I was going for something more grandiose and then stopped paying attention midway through my own typing. I'm bored with what my thumbs are doing. Mm, shouldn't you just get back to Shouldn't you just get back to your honorable mentions and stop talking about Happy Death Day to you? Eh, there's no need to plug the name again. It's not like they're paying me. Call us Hallmark Channel. Brian and I have... Who? Brian and I. Brian and I. Brian and I. Brian and I. I'm going to keep doing it till it's one word. That's how, that's how I'm going to record the podcast now. I'm going to mush all the syllables into one horrible noise and be like... It would be like the, the music... And that's our show! Last time I asked you to write in with all your favorite Christmas foods so we could put them against each other. Last time I asked you to write in with all your favorite Christmas foods so we could pit them against each other to determine what... Last time I... All right, I'm, I sound angry because I'm angry at myself for messing it up. But if that's the take I ended up using, it's going to sound like I'm angry at you for some reason. Hey, hey, Merry Christmas! Why is Tim so angry? Because he messed up four times before you heard him. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on March 25th. Nope, I said 25th, but I meant 23rd. I'm going to keep going in this voice. And don't forget to share your favorite Christmas hiding places and missile stores. <laughs> and don't forget to share your favorite Christmas hiding places and missile stores. Missile stow. Missile stow. <laughs> <laughs>